Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here. Monday edition, Hot My With Hunt and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our broadcast location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Our thanks to Bobby Carpenter, Dan Dockets for joining us in hour one. You can always go back and, and catch the show on demand. Check out the uh, YouTube page, search out Outkick, subscribe while you're there. Uh, follow us on X, uh, as well as uh, streaming live at Outkick.com. Uh, coming up, college football overreaction. And in 20 minutes, uh, Clayton Safey will join us on three's site for Michigan athletics and Michigan football is the Wolverine.com. Uh, we will get the very latest on Connor Stallions and possible suspension for Jim Harbaugh, which we'll get to in a moment. But Connor Stallions sounds like a, you know, a manscaped guy uh, based on uh, all the different uh, sunglasses. Covering up those crazy eyes. Have you seen that video, Chad? The crazy I have. eyes. Yeah, I have. Um, um, and now he's got an opportunity with Manscaped. Connor Stallion is a guy who goes for it. And uh, you can go for it this holiday season with our new friends at Manscapes. And our friends over at Manscaped, they're wishing you a Merry Ballsmas. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you that the celebrations are starting earlier this year? Turns out the perfect gift does exist, and who else to bring it down your chimney than the leaders in below-the-waist grooming? Keep calm and let your balls jingle this season with Manscaped's brand-new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra. It's okay to laugh, Hutton. Featuring the new lawnmower 5.0, watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice when you're going naughty by going to manscaped.com and use the code HOTMIC. That's H-O-T-M-I-C for those that are spelling impaired. For 20% off plus free shipping, unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOTMIKE at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code HOTMIKE. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. I uh, I use Manscaped. I have some Whenever Manscaped. Whenever we were uh, 360, we were uh, a partner of ours. Yeah, we had we had some free stuff from them. I think I got some free underwear from them. I oh. have manscaped underwear. I'm not wearing them today. But <laughs> that's I do tomorrow. Have, I, I own manscaped. That's only in, it's only in breaks. <laughs> Those are that's my Tuesday underwear. That's right. I have them all labeled. Uh, Mary Balls must check. Yeah, Mary Balls must to you too. <laughs> uh, so there Nicole Arback has a, a report out that they are the Big 10 and Tony Petiti weighing possible disciplinary action for Jim Harbaugh and Michigan football right now? Yeah, Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic uh, uh, post on X, officials expect resolution by the middle of the week as Tony Petiti mulls action. Sources say Michigan could take legal action if the Big Ten attempts to suspend Jim Harbaugh indefinitely before the conclusion of the NCAA investigation. This is going to be the out from Tony Petiti. He has set the ball well, up on the tee. Mary Ball's missing in, everyone. Mm-hmm. Ball's up on the tee where he has already said in a conference call, I don't want to spend Thanksgiving holiday in a courtroom. This is going to be their out. Well, but they're, they're going to say that they are threatening legal action if we do anything above two games. We've already had the report last week that the, 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 basically the compromise could be two-game suspension. Which is just the standard uh, sportsmanship violation. It's two games yeah. 
and then a $10,000 fine. But here's, here's also why I, I agree with Tony Petiti. I wouldn't want to do that either over Thanksgiving because if you're in a courtroom, it's no different than waiting on the NCAA at that point. Yeah. Because you, you, it's just business as usual until you resolve that within the, the suit, that, the, the legal action that would be filed from Michigan's stance. And you're back in the same scenario that we're in right now where if you want disciplinary action to come about and you've seen enough to act, you don't want to have to act after the season is concluded and after the college football playoff. That, that would be why I wouldn't want to spend Thanksgiving in the courtroom. But beyond that, Chad, if and I, I think he's got to do more than just the standard disciplinary action, and here's why. Because it wouldn't be Tony Petiti holding and being the judge, jury, and executioner. It would go before the committee, the Big Ten committee, if it's more than just the standard violation. And then they would approve it. They could reduce it. They could keep it the same. They could say, no, no discipline in action at all. It's just a standard punishment. But it would be more than Petiti laying down the hammer. And I think that means more than just one commissioner doing this on his sole authority, which he can do if it's just the standard sportsmanship violation. I think if he does more than two games, he does that because it will be the it will be the entire conference other than Michigan pushing it that way, not just him. Yeah, it's a real opportunity for Tony Petiti to show some teeth in this role. Uh, but in showing some teeth, he's probably going to get sued by Michigan. So it's, it's a tough dilemma for him. I, I, I can understand that. I've said throughout it needs to be 13 against one, and they all need to be very loud about it and very authoritative about what they want done to Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. If he's got support of every other member institution of the Big Ten, then he can act. The problem is in acting, if it's something that goes above and beyond what's normal, Michigan's just going to sue. There's going to be some sort of injunction. They're going to continue to play. Here's what needs to happen for all of Michigan's rivals. Someone's got to do the Lord's work here. they got to beat them. they yeah. got to beat them on the field. Yeah, you can't sit out. You They're gotta, not you stealing your signs anymore. That's stopped. Connor Stallions is gone. You've all changed your signals. Penn State needs to beat them this weekend. Ohio State needs to beat them. If you're really that pissed off at Jim Harbaugh, What's becoming the truth in this matter is you've got to knock them out of the college football playoff on your own. And there's two chances to do that. In Happy Valley on Saturday and against Ohio State at the end of the year. That's really it. If not, they're going to be playing in the college football playoff again. What also needs to happen ultimately to Michigan is Jim Harbaugh is no longer the coach at Michigan. Whether that be him admitting the NCAA problem is going to be a big problem for him and bolting for an NFL job, or Michigan firing him at the end of the year. That doesn't sound like they're doing it. I'm that. looking at this from the rival's perspective. That's what you want to happen. But Hutton, I agree with you. Based on what Santa Ono is emailing the conference, yeah. and that they're continuing to talk about contracts and different things, I don't think he's that, going anywhere. And that was from the Wolverine last week, which we'll, we'll have uh, more coming up with, with Clayton Safey. And also, also this, keep in mind, the suspension itself is game day. What, what they agreed to earlier this year, the three-game self-imposed suspension, he only was out on Saturday. He coached during the week. Yeah. And so I think that's the other part about this. If it's based on what Nicole Auerbach is saying, if it's an indefinite suspension, to me, I take that as you're not back until we hear from the NCAA. Yeah, you're just done coaching. Yeah, and, and that's where it, it sounds like Michigan would have a huge issue with 
because they're on the opposite end of it. If they're opening back up, the, they wanted it done before the Purdue weekend. Uh, the, the contract signed, sealed, and delivered, and apparently it wasn't going to happen that quickly. So which comes first, a Big Ten decision or they double down and sign him to an extension before we even hear from the commissioner? I think that'd be so stupid, but um, they're already doing the it way to the Michigan NCAA, has though, talked right? during some of this. I know. I would not put it past them that and they sign him to something. You have Stallions who resigns for being a distraction. Um, apparently, wasn't a distraction for the Michigan State week, but he was for Purdue. Uh, practically the same result. And then the attorney through Stallions says uh, Harbaugh and coaching staff had no idea the depths that we, we were going or I was going. I say we because. It's more than Connor Stallions, Chad. It, 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 common sense tells you, if you look at the records that were leaked to the Washington Post, which is what Michigan has an issue with, based on the assumption that you know, Ohio State has connections, Brian Day has connections to the private investigation firm. If, if you believe that he had all of these tickets and he's just flippantly asking some random fan at Vandy in Nashville to go and potentially scout Tennessee... And doesn't know him. Just says, hey, uh, give me the signs. And absolutely not. Number one, you want to trust someone that you're getting the right signal. And you're getting the right intel. If you're just doing this behind the scenes and undercover. And number two, you need to keep your mouth shut. Like Connor Stallions is doing through his attorney right now. So he's, this, is, this is layered. And it's more than just one guy taking the fall. Even though it's one guy taking the fall. This is intricate. And... The, by the way, that never happened, the, the Vanderbilt-Tennessee scout fan, because Tennessee ultimately ended up losing to South Carolina. So yeah, they I, weren't I, I, in the I don't way know anymore. that it was a fan, by the way. I, I think it was uh, like a, it, it's a connection, a network of coaches or former coaches. But, but it, it, One that, of the guys that went on the record is a former D3 head coach that was a friend of Connor Stallions. But, but not a current coach employed by right. said school. So, but someone that knows football. Sure. Yeah, that can but, go and watch. But again, like if you're doing that with the former coaches, how do your current coaches not know what you're doing? Well, they of course, of they course know. they do. But here, here's and what there, I, there's more. It's more than just one guy no, representing he, all. Let of me it. go in my conspiracy theory brain here a little bit on this. Uh, Connor Stallions resigned, right, when he got the money right from whoever's paying right. him. There's a vast NIL program at Michigan. There's a lot of deep pocketed boosters. This guy is not going to give the NCAA or anyone else anything other than I, Connor Stallions, did all of this on my own. I orchestrated the whole deal. Jim Harbaugh and the coordinators knew nothing about it. I lied to them and told them that I got these signs just by watching the game live. And then when I'm giving them information, they know nothing about me going to other games. I did it all on my own. They've got lawyers writing out what Connor Stallions needs to say in, in a court of law or to NCAA investigators, and he's getting paid to do so. That's my big conspiracy brain working, oh, that's but I think it took that long just to get the money right for him to never turn state's witness and for him to get paid to be the fall guy in all of this. Now, it is on the NCAA and the Big Ten and America to use your brains and figure out if you buy that or not, whatever he's selling. And we'll talk with uh, with Clayton Safey a, a little bit to mm -hmm. ask. Yeah. One question I'm at: Do you really do they expect people to believe this? What, what they're s selling in this this release about his resignation? Is this the plan that everybody's going to buy that and, they knew nothing? And do you think it's just random 
that he's lawyered up with the guy that represented Manziel in 2013 against the NCAA, and it resulted in a two-quarter suspension. Oh. That's not random either. Nope. Um, and smart, by the way. That's what I, I mean. I'd look at it from he's, he's keeping his mouth shut. He's resigned. Chad, I'm with you on the, on the money and getting the money right, on the, the, the idea and the common sense play there. And just the, the detail of he's, he can't be the only guy that's getting the info. And then once you distribute that information, you're not going to ask questions about how you how the coaches are receiving it. No, look, of course in, they in are. And Michigan's helping him with all the legal fees, of and course, lawyers yeah. to hire and all that stuff. Yeah, all of it behind well, the scenes. Yeah, and and behind the scenes, he's getting Central Michigan issued apparel. Yeah. Now Central Michigan may be getting paid off too. They've gone remarkably silent on who that was in the sideline. After they that, announced that investigation, still going to they announced the launch of an investigation, but we haven't heard a follow up from the AD on that investigation. It is time for college football overreaction, guys. Lincoln's old stomping grounds at Oklahoma—they've now lost two straight, and right now Texas is the leading candidate to, or Texas and Oklahoma State are the leading candidates to play in the Big Twelve Championship. But the Big Twelve champion will be left out of the college football playoff. I'm going to say not an overreaction. That's probably going to be reality. Kansas State won the Big 12 a year ago, beating TCU in the championship. I think they had three losses at the time, maybe, to at least two or three. I think we're running into that type of situation. I think we're going to see a two, three-loss team. Could be Oklahoma State. We could um, see a two-loss. Could, could be Texas. But yeah. I think they're going to have multiple losses, whoever wins that conference. I mean, it, it, I mean it's not an overreaction. I don't think to say we could, we could see a, 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 a two-loss Georgia. Um, a two-loss Bama in the SEC championship game. Again, just throwing out the hypotheticals. Uh, if if Georgia, for whatever reason, sleepwalks for another first half and Joe Milton plays the game of his life, Chad, I've said this throughout the season, yeah. that, that they're capable. Uh, Georgia is, is capable of losing a game. And then could Bama drop one and then beat Georgia? I, again, I think we're in for a crazy scenario where we have multiple teams that are in the spot of the Big 12 champion. And then how do you get in? And how do you let someone in with two losses if Michigan has won but didn't play for the title game? The very latest on Michigan with Clayton Safety next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sixth and Peabody are location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hi, with Hunt and Withrow rolls on. Here on the Outkick Network. Chat coming up. Clayton Safey will join us from the Wolverine.com. So, four weeks ago. We can get that Michigan spin. Well, <laughs> I, I want to know like, uh, the Wolverine's the one that's putting out the, uh, from on three, the discussion and the, the, yeah, the whole report uh, thing about, about Michigan. Day. Yeah. Uh, just the sentiment there and about the meeting last week that took place, what, last Thursday, yeah, I believe, and, with, uh, with Tony Petiti and. Well, the question then becomes, you know, if it, if it was, you know, you can be traced back 
would be pretty easy back to Ryan Day's private investigator brother. Which they've done. How does that change things? It doesn't no, change no, anything no, with the NCAA. Not the brother. The private investigator. The, the, the two investigators have connections to Ryan Day's brothers. Yeah. That's the connections that the site made. Who's a private investigator? Ryan Day's brother, I think, runs a private investigation firm in New Hampshire. Uh, no, the guy who runs that firm, one of the two guys, oh, I thought that is he from was the, the private same hometown. Okay. Yeah. Um, does that friends. change anything? Would be my question well, to Clayton. What what would change is how does that change discipline if it, if the information was illegally attained, illegally obtained, and and that's what takes forever. That would also be part of the argument, right? Yeah. If, no, if you're I, taking them to court. Yeah, that's the biggest piece of it. Is are we talking about actual criminal court laws being broken? To prove football crimes, right, right, right. That, that's that. That would be the big piece of this. Going if, to if that, that part of it's true. Clayton Safey uh, joins us from the Wolverine.com. Clayton, we were uh, discussing uh, the the site's work from last week and just the the sentiment from Michigan's in compared to what seems to be the the rest of the conference. Uh, what are we What are we really looking at in terms of what Tony Petitti was doing, meeting with the administration last week versus what you think we're about to find out from the Big Ten stance? Yeah, that's a great question. From what we've kind of gathered from that meeting and really coming into that meeting, that Tony Petiti was coming into Ann Arbor, one for the Big Ten field hockey tournament. He was already going to be in town, but they scheduled this meeting. And, you know, it seemed like from the get-go, the Big Ten was adamant that they want to do something and issue some sort of punishment to Michigan and specifically Jim Harbaugh, whether that's an indefinite suspension or a two-game suspension, which is what he can do unilaterally. Uh, he can issue more than a two-game suspension if he gets support from a special counsel, which includes many of the Big Ten presidents. So it seems like basically that that's they want Jim Harbaugh. They want his head at this point. And from everything that we've gathered, and it's become pretty clear in the last couple of days, Michigan has fought back completely on that and said, hey, we need due process here. There's no reason why we wouldn't let the NCAA investigation play out. There's no reason why the Big Ten would make some sort of preemptive punishment and basically cave to what would be mob rule because you get, uh, you know, coming into this in uh, last week, you know, you got a lot of reports about these big 10 coaches, big 10 administrators and big 10 presidents wanting some sort of punishment for Michigan. And we all, all know that, I mean, their input might be important, but at the same time, they're, they're competitors with Michigan right now. Michigan's failure would be a lot of their gain. So I think that's a lot of what Michigan's trying to push back on. Hey, don't let the outrage determine what you do. Their level of outrage does not equal their level of justification. I know that's a concept a lot of people don't really understand in today's world, but I think that's basically what Michigan's stance has been at this point. But is, is Michigan fighting any of the allegations? Are they trying to say that some of the stuff didn't happen, or is it now just, well, we did it, but they just really want us out because they're our competitors? That's a good question, too. I, I think those are two separate things. I mean, when you look at the bylaw that's kind of in question here, 11.6.1, which says that university personnel can't advance scout opponents in person. Um, there are some people at Michigan pushing back on that saying, well, technically, you know, if Connor Stallions funded this himself, you know, it may not be a violation there. Obviously, if that was him on the central Michigan sideline on the photos we've all seen, that would be a clear violation of NCAA bylaw. So they're definitely fighting back on that. Um, and, and, you know, discussing as well hey Jim Harbaugh didn't have knowledge of this from from what we know and what's been reported uh, that is true so far that there is no evidence linking it back to Jim Harbaugh there's no evidence linking it 
two other Michigan assistant coaches at this point too. So they're definitely fighting that angle. And they're in, you know, for the most part here, when you talk about the big 10, um, you know, really the only thing the big 10 can do here is step in and kind of, you know, issue some sort of punishment preemptively before the NCAA investigation uh, plays out. So I think what Michigan is saying is, Hey, there may be some evidence. The NCAA shared in some information with you at this point, but let's take a step back, let cooler heads prevail. And, you know, I'm sure they'll take a punishment at, at some point when the NCAA process is wrapped up, but they don't want some something right now to affect this season when there isn't substantial proof that, you know, these people were involved. You know, Jim Harbaugh, he's responsible for the program, but right now there's no evidence he did anything wrong and that he should be moved off the sidelines, I think, is is really Michigan's position. Clayton Zafi with us, the Wolverine.com, the site for On3, uh, covering all things Wolverines, uh, and, and has been all over this. And the the other portion of uh, the, the reporting last week, Clayton, about the contract extension. And it doesn't – I didn't get the vibe from – from the Wolverine.com that there was any hesitation uh, in regards to letting this play out before getting him extended. How, how soon do they want this done? And what message does that send to the big 10 of the NCAA if they do that? Yeah. So that's where things get a little bit complicated too, because there was that previous NCAA investigation, which is still going on burger gate. People yeah. are calling it. I think I came on your guys show back yeah. in January and yes. we were talking about it. And so that was ongoing. And that was really the reason back in January for the pause on, Hey, let's not give this extension yet. Let's let the process play out. We don't want to show the NCAA that, you know, we're getting over our skis here. Like, Hey, we'll, we'll uh, let this play out before we make Jim Harbaugh the highest paid coach in the big 10. Well, you know, then it comes this year where the season's going on. They're having a fantastic season. As we all know, we all know what's happened the last couple off seasons as well with Jim Harbaugh. He's flirted with the NFL. And I think people at Michigan realized and Jim Harbaugh expressed that, Hey, let's get this done. Who knows how long the NCAA process is going to play out. Then this new investigation pops up. Um, and really for a few days, it, it did feel like the priority was not the contract extension anymore. But last Tuesday at a board of regents meeting with athletic director, president Santa Ono as well, they decided to move forward that they didn't have reason right now to not move forward with this. So it is a little bit separate because, you know, if something comes out that implicates Jim Harbaugh and that he is going to, you know, that, that he did do something wrong in the NCAA's eyes, then Michigan could still get out of that. Obviously most of these contracts have that kind of wording in them, but they thought at this point, and from what we've heard, they continue to that he still deserves a contract. So I know Pete Thamel, I think called it a, it would be the biggest middle finger to the NCAA. I don't think that's the intention here. I think the intention is to, lock up their coach, pay him what he deserves. Cause if he is going to be your coach, I think it's pretty clear. He deserves to make that type of money. And you want to make sure that he knows that he's appreciated here before January, February comes around when things could get really interesting with his future. Connor stallion is definitely the face of, of what's gone on here. Um, in, in terms of what's been lost, did, did this cost JJ McCarthy any shot at the Heisman and maybe a shot at being a finalist? You know, I don't know. I, I, I doubt that. Um, although you probably will have some voters and, you know, some of the Heisman voters are past players and Heisman trophy winners and everything like that. Maybe it'll impact, um, you know, the way they view it. Uh, I, you know, I, Jim Harbaugh's talked about not that specifically, but just people questioning them, you know, whether it's the players or the program itself or the success they've had. And he said, 
they're, they're just good. You know, you, if anyone that watches football can understand that these are good players, you know, he thinks they could send 20 guys to the NFL in this next spring's draft. So uh, that would be, you know, kind of, and, and I would tend to agree. I've watched JJ McCarthy all year long. I've watched every game multiple times his entire career. And I think he is really, really good. So I don't know that any of this alleged stuff uh, is impacting that. Um, but I guess you just never know how far it would go in terms of the, the view, you know, that different voters have on it. Um, but looks like from Vegas odds, you know, he's still right in the mix there. And I, I will say, I think they have two great opportunities and he has two great opportunities yep. this month, Penn state and then Ohio state, which obviously carries a ton of weight. Um, and we could see him in New York in, in December. Can you walk us through the sort of Adam McKay comedy film spinoff version of this? And I know what you guys have at the Wolverine, the connections to Ryan day's family in terms of the investigation, there, there's been this mystery about the source of the material for how this investigation started or the evidence. What can you tell us about what you guys have found out the Wolverine in connection to Ohio state with this? Yeah, well, guys, this is a crazy story because it's not just an NCAA investigation. The, you know, the way it came out, as you guys know, is that a private firm presented information to the NCAA, which is kind of unprecedented and it doesn't absolve Michigan of any potential wrongdoing. Obviously they'd still serve punishments and whatever, but I think people at Michigan um, were like, Hey, where did this information come from and who hired the private firm that it was, you know, initially investigating. And there are people I can tell you right now working on figuring those things out. And I think some people are close to uh, doing that. And some people think that it originates from people with ties to one, uh, actually both of Ryan Day's brothers. One of them worked in the DEA. One of them's a private investigator himself. So, I mean, you want to talk about rivalry stuff. I mean, there'll probably be books written on stuff like this if that actually comes out to be true, um, because it'd be absolutely absurd. And, you know, maybe a 30 for 30 on it as well. But I can tell you right now that people are are trying to crack that and that people are, at Michigan are frustrated with the precedent this could set that somebody could investigate another program and then, you know, get them punished. You know, does that open a can of worms? Does that set a precedent for people down the road? Do let's have recruits followed and, you know, and all that, um, you know, in case they, uh, you know, they're getting benefits that they shouldn't be. I know NIL is the thing now, but uh, I, I just think there's real frustration about that part. And um, from a storyline perspective, it would be absolutely insane if if there's some sort of connection there. Well, and then one of the investigators that was hired is also from the same hometown or whatever. Is that also part of it? Yeah, I believe so. Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, so that's where people are starting to connect those dots. And I think um, and there are even some reporters from what we've heard nationally that are looking into that, too, because this would be kind of one of a kind in that way that a private firm would be informing this investigation. And there's also an element to it as well, where uh, some at Michigan believe that the computer drive that the Washington Post reported on, I think last week or the week before, uh, that was accessed by that private firm to get some evidence on this case was potentially accessed illegally. And then the NCAA, you know, will, will they allow illegally obtained information to inform an investigation? That's a big question, I think, as well. Don't know if it was illegally obtained at this point, but uh, I can tell you that People at Michigan are looking into it and their eyes have been pretty opened about, you know, you know, how dirty this whole business can get at this point. Is anyone going to confirm that was Connor Stallions at the Central Michigan game on the sideline? And I know you don't cover Central Michigan, but the AD said, we're going to investigate it. And all reports say someone who appears to be Connor Stallions is there. And then it's just kind of gone silent with no one saying one way or the other 
whether or not that was actually him when I feel like everyone knows that was him. McElwain is even like, yeah, she's looking into it. Yeah, we know that that wasn't the name they gave us on the pass. We can confirm that. There was a different name on there, not Connor Stallions. If it was someone else, it would be the easiest thing of all time to just come out and say exactly that was somebody else. I, I strongly believe, strongly believe that was him. I don't know how they haven't confirmed that yet. And maybe because I guess if you're CMU, you probably know it was him. But yeah. you're you're quote unquote looking into it, and frankly, somebody at Central Michigan probably will get in trouble for this um, because they're they're saying that McElwain didn't know about it and that sort of thing. There are some guys on that staff that were uh, low level guys on the Michigan staff that probably know him and could have let him in if it was him. Again, I don't want to be the guy to to be wrong and get sued or something like that. But uh, no, I'm I strongly believe that was him, and it's quite uh, comedic. And now the NCAA is getting involved with that aspect of it. I think if you can't figure out by now, it's not indisputable evidence, and I guess you just throw it out. How much worse is this story for Michigan? If Obviously, that's Connor Stallions. But if he's at other games affecting other games, if he's helping out Central Michigan coaches on the sideline also to affect a rival in their game, and it's not just Michigan he's helping in all of this, how much worse could this get for Michigan? That's that's a tough one to answer because one, I think when he does something this this reckless and if he was helping them out and not just kind of standing there himself and trying to get look at the signs or whatever, I don't know why the sideline would be the ideal spot for that anyway. Um, it seems like he was almost, you know, daring somebody to catch him at this this point. But um, you know, then I think that looks pretty reckless and it looks like there's there's just no way Michigan would have authorized that. Um, but at the same time, he's your employee and, and you are responsible for him to a certain extent. So I think it could add on, you know, part of the punishment there to what Michigan gets. Um, you know, I think it's pretty clear at this point. I mean, Connor Stallion's already resigned, but he could get a show cause from the NCAA. That seems likely. Um, but yeah, if it comes out, he's at other games or whatever, then I think it gets worse because those are clear cut violations. There are people and lawyers arguing the semantics on the poorly written NCAA rules about that, you know, previously mentioned by law 1161 with who's university personnel and who's not, but him on the sidelines, if that is him again, uh, that, that one's clear cut. So I think that would hurt them. Clayton Safey's uh, got you covered at the Wolverine.com with on three Clayton. Uh, thank you for the time and the perspective background here. We'll have you on again soon as this story continues to, uh, to grow with all the details. Appreciate it guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, there's Clayton Safey. Oh, it's been great. Now, uh, two visits with us. Uh, with on three in the Wolverine. Chad? I wish someone would just say it's him. We heard again there. If, if that's well, him, it's him. Or, or say it's not him. It's him. Or say it's not him. It, it, I'm telling you, it, it's him. The guy in the NFL right now is C.J. Stroud. That's next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sixth and Peabody are located with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow rolls on here on the Outkick Network. Chad, uh, crazy game between Houston uh, yesterday, it, it, the Texans, and the back and forth with what we saw. 
Um, meanwhile, the Panthers not doing so hot. And look, uh, it's not like we expected the Panthers to be very good. No. Um, but C.J. Stroud, for all of the – and I, I was harping on this during the draft process because it's it, it, the, the draft the, – the cycle of draft-eligible quarterbacks, if Kuyper come out initially and it's – Will Levis is the, the number one overall prospect in the NFL draft. And then all of a sudden, Bryce Young, he was spiked all the way up to number one because the Panthers made that trade. And everyone knew what they were after based on Frank Reich. And then there was C.J. Stroud leading up to the NFL draft on what would happen with him based on this new cognitive test that had him rated so low that there were teams that were possibly just removing him from the draft board. No one wanted to trade up for him. What would Houston do? They were thinking about taking Levis over Stroud. All of that's not being mentioned now because C.J. Stroud's running away with the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. And he's putting up numbers that we simply haven't seen. And it's on a consistent basis, Chad. Um, Bryce Young has a career ahead of him. But C.J. Stroud is off and running for a team that feels like is like a year and a half ahead of where they should be. They're not playing any defense. They weren't doing that yesterday. Neither was Tampa. But what what a fun game and what a just a... A great season if you're a Houston Texans fan or just a fan of NFL offense because we've been void of that this year. C.J. Stroud's given it to us. I feel like C.J. Stroud to this is the S1, whatever this is, the cognitive test yeah. that they do that he, he didn't do. He's going to be to that test what like Dan Marino was uh, to the Wonderlick, right? I think Dan Marino had a very low score when he did it and then you know, proved everyone wrong with this. It's always going to be the example we go back to and say that test means nothing. C.J. Stroud, just go back and watch that semi last year against Georgia and his performance in that game. And that, to me, was the one that encapsulates against that great defense, chock full of future NFL players. And the way he performed in that game, and I think, okay, this guy's going to be a really good NFL quarterback. He's been better, quicker than I expected with the Houston Texans. D'Amico Ryans has been better, quicker than I expected with the Houston Texans. They got a backup running back out there kicking a field goal. Uh, late in the game to take the lead. Crazy game there between Houston um, and um, Tampa. Oh gosh, yes, thank you, Tampa. I was thinking of the Carolina the week before. But C.J. Stroud has far exceeded any expectations going into this season. And I also think Bryce Young is going to be fine in the long run. Hey. But Stroud is off to a big lead. And Rookie record for passing yards. This was, a, I believe, 17-10 to 10 at halftime. Final score, 39-37. And the way the game went, you've got two defensive-minded head coaches, Todd Bowles, um, and it, you've got tons of yards being put up. And this was Baker Mayfield and company that went on a 10-play drive to take the lead with 46 seconds to go in the game. They're up 33-30 after getting the score, uh, getting the touchdown. And in 40 seconds, Stroud helped drive Houston on the six-play drive in 40 seconds to win the game. 39-37. And they came out at halftime, Houston did, went touchdown, 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 field goal. And then ended up having the game-winning touchdown drive. Props. It's crazy. And, yeah, I mean, it's and they're putting up numbers with Dalton Schultz, and they've got, what, Brown and uh, Dell and uh, Collins and a bunch of other guys that the – 
the fantasy football players know, but I mean, the average NFL fan, they're not clamoring uh, to, to put them in the upper echelon. I'm not either, but Stroud's making it happen. It's impressive. And they're going to end up being the surprise team. And I mentioned I thought they would finish strong. I thought Jacksonville had a chance at the number one seed and Houston would be the team that finishes strong going to the offseason. They're doing it, and they've been doing it since, uh, well, they started 3-3, three and three, I think. Consistent. They've been, they're tough out. They've been good. They're tough out. <clears throat> My advice to the Carolina Panthers, okay. because they're going to have a very high draft pick based on what's happening right now with their team. Do they give up their draft pick or get someone else's? I forget what They're, happens to them in the in the first, right? Are they do the Bears have their pick? The they are getting um no, they gave that pick the, in order to move up. Yeah, the Bears have the Carolina's Bears have their pick. pick. So Carolina's first pick will be likely pick number thirty three, I believe. Oh goodness. Well never mind. I was gonna say if they're gonna be picking high because they got a very bad record, um draft help. Even in the second round, draft help for your quarterback. Yes. That's my one request. Pass catcher, someone. Something to help out your young quarterback. You're saying Hubbard, he needs Hubbard's it. not getting it done as the starter? That McCaffrey would be uh, much better there? Is that what you're saying? I, I'm thinking in, anything. Oh, anything. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Anything. anything. Uh, get help for your quarterback. It's time for That's My Quarterback. It's my quarterback. Guys, uh, C.J. Stroud was my fantasy quarterback until three weeks ago when I let him go, and then the guy picked him up and he put up 41 points on me this week. I had so, him on the bench. I, I had yeah. um, Lamar Jackson starting. But that's <laughs> that sucks. But that's neither here nor there because no one likes hearing about my fantasy team. But, but also, as, everyone's oh, going to make that decision. Like that, and, I, I, you can't feel bad about it. I've long learned this. You can't feel bad about a decision everyone would make in fantasy. Sometimes that just happens. But everyone's talking. It's not about like it today you were torn between Lamar Jackson and because him. he's putting up 50 plus. In several leagues that I've, I've yeah. seen on social. I mean, that's an incredible game. Because, I mean, you all were just talking about the draft, and so it's that time. Uh, next year is the year. A lot of teams are already looking forward. And so for our first a question for that's my quarterback, this is the backup quarterback coming into the season that has the best chance of being their current team starter for the beginning of next year. You put an addendum on here, Davey, I, of, yes. uh, of not Will Levis. Well, the answer is Will Levis. I, I wanted to, to look question. at it more from a journeyman standpoint, and the Josh, well, I just Josh Dobbs to, doing what he did kind of like made yeah. me think of this question. Well, I wanted to put that addendum out there so people didn't yeah, think we were stupid that, when we that, didn't say Will Levis. Because Will Levis point. to me is my answer. Yeah. So I wanted to put that part out there. I mean, I think it's Taylor Heineke because Desmond Ritter has been bad for the Falcons, but I also don't think Taylor Heineke is going to play to a level where the Falcons are going to come back with him as the starter next year. So I'm kind of up in the air on this so, one, Hutton, but I'm going Heineke. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it. Uh, my, my example is a guy who I don't think is starting for his current team, but I went with Teddy Bridgewater because uh, he's in Detroit. They've got Hendon Hooker and a red that's shirt a, That's here. a good one, yeah. But he's not he, – Goff's going to be the guy, right? And, it, and Hooker's eventually going to be the backup. Right. So Bridgewater, who's a very good backup, can also be – a starter week one, especially in this league, as we see the, the survey, the different starters. I don't know if there's a current backup right now that I buy that is a starter next year that isn't like a Will Levis obvious pick. I mean, Andy Dalton, but not there, not in Carolina. Again, it's uh, it's tough to point to. Sounds like Sam Howell's going to get the contract extension. They're talking about that being reported. He's a good fantasy quarterback, not so much a good NFL yeah. quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I... I mean, right now, the backup's Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Like, yeah, and with a lack of good starting quarterbacks, the good starting quarterbacks in the NFL, if you're starting one of these backups, it's just a bad situation for your current team. I feel like we're yeah. just saying that this team's going to be in a really bad spot if any of these guys are the starter going into next season. Yeah, unless they just and and I don't think it happens unless Kenny Pickett's just not the guy and they yeah. end up going uh, with Trubisky. But I I don't think they're throwing in the towel on Pickett. They'll throw in the towel on Matt Canada. It's a good point, guys. Going into our next one. This quarterback will be a journeyman quarterback, and this could have been a guy that was thought to be the franchise quarterback this year, but after this season, we've realized they're not there for the long term. Chad, it's Jimmy Garoppolo with with Vegas. Um, Aiden O'Connell's the guy that it's a they end up winning. I mean, the the celebration in the Raiders locker room with the cigars and and all that. I mean, you want to see what the culture was like uh, with Josh McDaniels and. Uh, Dave Ziegler and uh, Jimmy G is a quarterback who's won. He's not an elite guy, but he's he's won as the starter. He's going to bounce around. He's just signed a three-year contract. But, I mean, again, they go with the interim, and he's part of the problem, not the solution, after signing the contract this offseason. They benched him. He's either hurt or now he's the backup, and he's an expensive one as that. at that. I think um, he's, uh, again, likely on the move. And, again, that's the definition of NFL journeyman. I hate this uh, for the Giants, but it's Daniel Jones. Uh, He is about to be a journeyman quarterback. And this comes after a year where he had a resurgence in his career where it looked like he was going to be the guy, and the Giants rewarded him uh, with a bump up in pay and some assurances that he was the guy moving forward for Brian Dayball after that year one. But poor play, injuries. Now he tears his ACL in a routine drop back against the Raiders. Uh, Injuries are going to be the biggest part of this, but Daniel Jones is headed for a life with a clipboard in his hand for the rest of his career. Yeah, and some of these games we've had to watch just because of injuries this year have have been rough so far. Our next one, someone send help. Uh, It's been rough to watch this quarterback play. So what's the worst quarterback matchup you guys have seen so far? Man, there's so many to pick from. So I just, I knew yesterday was historic in the amount of backup quarterbacks starting for teams. So I just went through yesterday's matchup and I spotted Aiden O'Connell, uh, the, the the rookie out of Purdue, versus Tommy DeVito once Daniel Jones went down for a bulk of that game. And uh, that's one that rang true to me as being a truly pathetic battle of quarterbacks that the Raiders ended up routing the Giants in that game. Hutton, I love your answer. Mine's from week one. It's Ryan Tannehill against Derek Carr. What a pathetic performance and game plan uh, going into that game uh, by both teams. And Ryan Tannehill in that game, 16 of 34 passing. All of a sudden, 198 yards. 34 attempts, he couldn't crack 200 yards passing. Three picks. Quarterback rating of 28.8. Followed by Derek Carr, who uh, completed uh, 23 of 33 of his passes. But the Saints could only muster 16 points with him throwing for 305 yards. And... I, I look at that and think that was an omen. That, 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 in a nutshell, with this matchup, tells you where offenses are right now. They're not scoring a ton of points, by and large. And when they do, we're heaping praise on C.J. Stroud instead of discussing Josh Allen or discussing, right now, Patrick Mahomes or Tua Tagovailoa. And just a quick point before we get to our final one. The reason we're seeing so many roughing the passer penalties this year is because the league has put down the notice like, hey, this is what we got going on right now. We got to do everything yeah. we can to protect the quarterbacks. So it's like even if Mac Jones just gets tackled, 
we'll throw the flag on that one. But guys, switching it up to college, we have three weeks left in the regular season plus the conference championship weekend. So who is your 2023 Heisman Trophy winner? Well, in a football season where I've not gotten much right when it comes to our bets uh, on college football and uh, everything else, uh, this is one that I feel pretty confident in having nailed before the season started. He was my Heisman Trophy winner before it all started. Uh, his team was my surprise college football playoff team. I'm not wavering from that now. They're still undefeated, and he's putting up video game-like numbers. Michael Penix Jr. is my Heisman Trophy winner from the Washington Huskies. It's, it's the answer right now. He's, he's the Heisman. Um, I, I do think we see Marvin Harrison Jr. makes a huge run at it uh, as a finalist, and there will be buzz that he's going to have enough. Keep in mind the way they do this vote tally thing, first place, second place, third place, and tally up all these points. I think some of the quarterbacks will cancel each other out, quite frankly. I, I love Bo Nix. I love this. I don't, it doesn't feel like the voters are truly going to put him number one, right? Yeah. Same for Jaden Daniels. I, I think it's Michael Penix Jr. or the other quarterbacks cancel each other out and you end up with a position player similar to what we saw uh, whenever, what year was it when the, the quarterbacks were there? It was what Trevor Lawrence was. Was it uh, Bryce or Tua? Tua as a finalist, I believe. And then we ended up seeing Smith win it. Well, I, I think... From Bama. Yeah, uh, Devontae Smith's yeah. Heisman year. I think that was 2019. 2019. So, I think it's going to be Penix. Uh, outside shot right now, based on big games coming up. Okay. Fifth in the Heisman odds today, Carson Beck of Georgia. And this falls under the best player on the best team category. Still a long shot right now. I'm still going Michael Penix Jr. I'm just, I'm floating that out as a guy who may end up going to New York, which would have if, been crazy three or four weeks into the season to even say that as a possibility. I'm also bringing up the storylines of a week from now or two weeks from now today. If Marvin Harrison Jr. goes off against Michigan and beats the Wolverines, that springboards him yep. right before the vote. Got headlines next.